all live different lives while living basically right on top of each other. How someone can be your neighbor and live in a world completely different than your own. Here we are again, looking in Centra. It was the faces that surprised her the most. Not really the shape of them or anything like that. More so the expressions. They walked through a stream of smiles and smirks wearing the same white coat and plastic badge that they'd gotten from Jeremy the day before. It wasn't the angle or consistency of the smiles, it was the existential void tucked neatly behind them. Gaping dread behind the blonde, brown, black hair and the matching green, blue, brown eyes. The only way to keep walking, to keep moving through the taupe labyrinth of corporate structures despite their active war on individuality was to slap on the smile and step, then step again. They decided to use some alt IDs they'd been trying to cultivate since moving to Centra. Perry and Terry Miller from West Dursk, suburban siblings with a knack for science, had just gotten their dream jobs working as lab assistants at the third biggest corp in the Highlands. They'd done their hair in standard ponytails, donned visually corrective headpieces, and used as many muted tones as possible when selecting wardrobe and facial filtering. They were perfect little blurs, blending into the human frequency in front of the Pharaoh Kim Tower. The building was standard for the corpse. It was a huge complex with the highest points breaking far into the small layer. It all felt so sterile, which was probably good for the science areas of the facility. The fluorescence of the lights was empty and soulless, and they were self-sustaining, so who could complain? The hum of the lights vibrated behind Zara's eyes, keeping time with the extraneous chatter that kept spewing out from behind the passing smiles. Rebecca had dinner with the person from the other night that didn't like the salmon. But she doesn't like salmon, she just ordered it because she was nervous. Brantley was trying some new luggage. He liked his old luggage, but one of the latches stopped catching properly, so he was going to try his new brand he'd seen on the feeds. Timothy couldn't catch the new immersive hero hollow because his grandma was in the hospital, and he had to spend all his extra cash having her corpse processed and shipped. They were all just people, slightly more comfortable than the people that didn't work for the corpse, but still just normal. Boring. Nothing. There was no reason any of them would even suspect something was afoot. These people were going home to a traditional family unit and living in a plot with a standard square unit of grass outside the city center. These were the ones that read Zara's stories, the ones that followed her feats. They weren't the corp, they were people who needed it to provide. Zara did everything she could to remember the people. As entry-level employees, Zara and Andrea were only given clearance to reach the 30th floor, which was honestly pretty high for people so new. Most corps didn't let you pass the 10th floor until you'd worked there for at least a year, maybe two. Telling someone your highest floor was something people would discuss a lot, the kind of conversation acquaintances might have after three too many beers, or co-workers might bring up while wasting time between scheduled wastes of time. Zara had seen very high floors, but she was wealthy and well-connected. Her loft was well below the smog layer on floor 45 of a moderately priced unit farm. She'd interviewed many people at the corpse, and some of those people wanted to meet in their offices. The highest floor she remembered was 95. 
Andrea had said she'd met some entertainment execs on floor 130 of the Dizcom building back in Metro while she was pitching pilots, but the social hierarchy of floor access was a lot looser back then. The inside of the building felt like a hospital in its uniformity. The only thing separating one doorway from the next was a little plastic square that had the room number on it. The walls, ceilings, and floors were all varying shades of white and cream, the colors people argue about painting the spare room. Around six or seven turns that Andrea had been keeping track of in her mind, they walked through a set of automatic doors and into the craziest lab either of them could have imagined. Everywhere you looked was a massive piece of text spinning and analyzing and processing data. People were chopping up chem tabs to run through a purity tester while they walked to the back of the room. There was a small panel that would analyze the chemical makeup of whatever got dropped inside. It could identify the things already in its database, but even if something wasn't exact, it could give you a good idea of the effects a new compound might have. Zara figured this was probably a new compound, but hoped this thing could give them at least a relative idea of what was in this green shit. The machine hummed for about a minute and Zara started to feel a brief tightness in her chest. She was a little nervous now that she was in the moment. It didn't help that Jeremy couldn't stop sweating and fidgeting. The machine buzzed and a green light hit. Green light meant good, which must have meant it found a match, which meant this wasn't a new compound. This was something they knew about. Andrea downloaded the data just in time as Jeremy scrambled and pressed the white button as fast as he could. He didn't even see what the results were and he couldn't have given less of a shit. His supervisor was walking over and the last thing he needed was to explain why they had a printout of whatever the fuck these two maniacs had forced him to let in the building. Jeremy, hey there big guy, his supervisor said as the results cleared from the unit. Showing the newbies the ropes, huh? His laugh was almost as disingenuous as the preceding smile. Figured I could lend a bit of expertise, Jeremy replied in a similar tone while doing some weird shimmy with his shoulders. It was all some weird form of performative corporate conversation. Last thing we need is another Richard, am I right? They both laughed at something neither of them found funny out of a simple sense of camaraderie and shared history. His supervisor took a hard inhale and let out a breathy, Woo boy, well, guess I should get back to it then. Don't let this old man give you too hard a time now, alright? He walked away and they decided it was probably best to cut bait while the opportunity was knocking. Andrea could check the data back at the townhouse. The plan for Jeremy was to tell his bosses that they were corporate spies and he'd caught them before they'd gotten their hands on anything good. They could all come out of this situation on top if he played his cards right. Their foray into the great corporate amoeba was short-lived, but Zara still felt icky about the whole experience. Like walking into that world left a film of malaise and acceptance seeping into her pores. Even she'd thought a life like that wouldn't be half bad a time or two while walking to and from the lab under the checkered lattice of dense foam tiles. That was a feeling she needed to drown in Kim, but they could crank some purple Kim after they looked at the results they'd just pulled. Simple questions tended to pair with simple answers, and this answer was so stupid, so blatantly obvious, it made Zara want someone to delete this entire simulation of a reality. It was government-grade Kim, as in, the government had made, used, and distributed this drug, but in a fashion that was so open, it was insulting. All the corpse clearly had the clearance to examine this Kim. It wasn't even classified. 
The info popped up like they'd just asked it to examine a glass of lemonade. It being a government chem wasn't expected, but it made perfect sense. Of course they could just hide it out in the open. Who was ever going to say anything about it? The people with access to the chem already knew about it, and if anyone happened to stumble across it, they could just see that the government made and used it, and then they could read a ton of black boxes about results. All they knew was the source lab, which was a place called EEG, a place that garnered very few surface-level search results. It was just flooded with Norse mythology suggestions. SEO was a damn disease on the feed, and all these creeps knew exactly how to use it to bury things. The entire thing with Jeremy wasn't exactly a bust, but they needed way more information before they could start to make a final plan about what to do. They needed to catch another fish, and this fish needed to be way, way bigger. This fish needed access to all the info they were keeping under these little black boxes. Sticking to the same path wasn't going to work anymore. They disrupted the bedding fields, they'd made a name for themselves, but now, it was time to cash in. They went to the message feeds for the fights. They were going to make a public statement for the first time. Sure, some of the private chats had gotten shared, but that was really by design. Say different things to different people and make them argue. This would be the first time Juice had made a statement you could prove came from their account. The post was simple. The headline said, in all caps, INVITE. And the body said, I want to see it live. I think it might be rigged.